end of our Spoils of War episode, and I realize this has come now several weeks late. I don't know if it's, like, just two weeks. It feels like longer than two weeks, but before that, we had a brief layoff, too, so we, we've gotten a little... Things have fallen apart a little. Yeah, we, we, I think we built in enough story in the last episode about my legal issues to justify the time that we've taken uh, in between our action and now our reaction. This is true. This is true. You you've been you've been under incredible strain these past couple of weeks. It, it's been very stressful, and I'd like to thank um, all of our sponsors that I've secured <laughs> for their continued uh, help in my struggle uh, against the law. <laughs> so last time we were here, we talked. We we had two movies for our spoils of war episode, all about. Di- with very different kinds of war, you know? One being the sort of classic war, although Desert Storm is hardly a classic war, but the classic military-involved war, Three Kings, and the other being a gang war, and a, you know, in uh, Election 2, Triad Election, which is all about warring interfactions of a gang, And I guess I want to dive in with the classic to set up the, uh, you know, to strengthen our theme a little with Three Kings and the Spoils of War. And uh, my reaction to Three Kings, it's weird. It's one of those movies that I'd forgotten enough about that watching it was almost entirely fresh for me. And I feel like I ended up walking away with the exact same impression I had going in, which is... It's like, this is an interesting and decent movie that I don't think I will watch again. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's just such a, like, it's really fun, and there are fun moments, and you're enjoying the fun moments, and it's like, and here's some dramatic shit. I'm just going to, we're going to punch you with some terrible drama that you now have to cope with in your dr- horrible war way. And the tone is so, like, it, it just feels like such an uneven tone that by the end of it, I'm like, I don't, I just feel ways now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess that's a pretty reasonable reaction to it as just a film. Like, it, you, you're right, it is tonally uneven, which to me, I felt like, I probably would have had the same reaction if I saw this when it first came out. Um, but, you know, with the context of another Iraq war, it felt like this movie was more about the 2003 war than it was about Desert Storm. With that yeah. context, it brings a lot more to the table. It, 
definitely like i mean it, it obviously has a solid place in american military history because it's one of the probably one of the better even if you take it as a highly fictionalized vision it's probably one of the clearer visions of something like desert storm and the attitudes of america around a war like desert storm i mean it's like you, t- you know, you take a movie like Apocalypse Now, which is very clearly, you know, it's very clearly this highly fictionalized setup of Vietnam. We didn't really have this rogue mastermind general up in the jungle killing off the Viet Cong in this, like, wave of sort of terror destruction. And we're sending an assassin after him. But the attitudes of Apocalypse Now very strongly capture how, like, a, a certain American attitude of the war in, in general. You know, it has a vo- very to- you know, t- total, uh, I don't want to say totalitarian, because that's not right what I mean, but a, a very encompassing vibe where you get things like the surfing and, like, the big playboy thing out in the river where they fly in the girls and everybody's super excited and then they bring the girls with them or you know they end up like finding the girls further up at like stranded in this camp with pouring rain and just everything is shit and yeah it, it's one of those movies that talks about the either the chaos of war or just like the ingloriousness of it like it's very much not a green berets yeah of, like, propaganda war is great where Americans and awesome at it sort of film. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that, so I think in that same way that it's very much capturing the same vibe. It is this, Three Kings is very much, it's not a, um, you know, it's, it's the most complete picture I can think of, of that war and that point in our history for that war where is a war that I think a lot of people, even, you know, even following it, years following it now, maybe even in the moment, you could say, just don't really remember or ever put any thought into, you know? Yeah. So one of the things that I, I feel like this movie does better when applied to, like, you know, the 2003 uh, Iraq war and occupation is, like you said, it is tonally imbalanced. But really, so was, like, the American experience of that war. You had a president who would constantly, you know, just say goofy phrases that, you know, you could just do a whole, like, Bushisms of the day calendar. They did. And so you had that sort of levity of, look at this silly bumbling guy. And then also just the day-to-day reality of, realizing oh people are dying a lot of people are are dying civilians are dying and even when you look back through the iraq war and again this is me bringing my own uh baggage to this movie but you you see like the sort of bumbling attempts at um i i guess both bumbling and incompetent uh attempts to like take a state that was you know built on nationalism and full employment, and then trying to institute like a straightforward, like neoliberal rebuilding of it and firing everyone from their jobs and just telling the army to go home. And 
all of a sudden creating this whole state of unemployment because they brought their idea of how to do things. And it was both bumbling in the sense that like they were hiring, I, I think there was like some fucking surgeon from Florida to like be their interpreter because whatever, in the real Iraq war, like we did legitimately stupid shit like that day in and day out. And also just had a goofy moron for a president. And it was funny watching him duck when someone threw shoes at him. Yeah, it's it's weird, too, because I think it does set us up very well. I mean, you, th this whole, you know, you get these three soldiers going rogue in this way. And I'm sure that, like, that kind of lack of communication, that ability for lack of communication, that ability to go rogue and to do shit like that, I'm sure that really does exist in some you know i'm sure like that's something these are things that have happened in some way shape or form but it really feels a lot more legitimate as we move towards this like modern mercenary fueled contractor fueled military where you have all of these people who are just private employees out there running missions and doing whatever the fuck else on their free time without much oversight. Yeah, I mean, this movie obviously was, you know, actual U.S. military, but when you get, like, Eric Prince, uh, whatever Blackwater is called now, um, using war as a means to extract wealth, that's kind of what they're doing with this, in the plot of this movie, is yeah. it's, oh, we're using this war to extract wealth from the population, and funnel it upwards. I mean, that's, it's true for like, like you said, the specific use of mercenaries, but I mean, really most of the, again, the extreme like neoliberal nation building that yeah. they were trying to do, where, where they were like rejecting um, popular democratic constitutions because it didn't fit you know, uh, the idea of uh, building a neoliberal state in the Middle East. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's one of those things, you know, watching it again, I'm glad I saw it again. It is a good movie. It's got a lot of fun a, a, fun performances in it. Mark Wahlberg, as confused as he looks, is really good in it. So is George Clooney. So are the women who play the uh, female, the, the on-site reporters in the field who are battling for stories and you know it's got a lot of good performances it's well done it hits this very specific moment in american military history and especially i think it's too it's kind of weird to think that i just don't think you could make a movie about a modern military conflict like that any as easily anymore without it right. seeming incredibly 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 like just cynical or just sort of tone deaf yeah like the only person who could do that at this point is oliver stone and it would suck yeah and so it, it represents this very this very specific moment in american in the transition of american warfare and things like that i think it makes it a very like interesting movie to see it's just also as somebody looking for a way to like entertain myself over you know an evening it's kind of like haha they're shooting footballs off a truck that's fun 
oh, that woman just got executed and shot in the head, and now they're trying to save her child. Uh, that's less fun, and oh, you know, the, there's some, like, funny stuff in their bunker, and oh, they're torturing him horribly for an extended period of time, and... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the movie never really lets you find a comfortable place. And I yeah. feel like that's uh, deliberate. Like, they yeah. don't want you to ever be okay with what you're seeing. They want you to think, oh, boy, Mark Wahlberg just killed that guy while he was confused if they were supposed to be shooting or if he was surrendering. Like, that's the first thing you see in this movie. Yep. And then next thing is just, like, straight up, like, a frat party on an army base. And then an introduction to his racist friend. I mean, like, they never let you get really comfortable with anybody or anything. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting difference because, like, you know, I, I, I compare it to Apocalypse Now, which is one of my absolute favorite. It's probably my favorite war movie. And Apocalypse Now, while it has a lot of the same jarring tonality to it, like, you, you know, you see the guys surfing and you see the guys having the big playboy party and then people are getting shot and they shoot like a random, a family on a boat just because they can't communicate clearly to only to find out that they didn't have anything of any value that they, they weren't smuggling anything at all. And like you have those same tonal jarring tone, tonal feels to or feelings to it feels. Yeah. Whatever. Millennial. <laughs> I have to own that. But, yeah. uh, yeah. The difference is, is that you're, it's all framed by Martin Sheen, whose view of the whole thing is incredibly consistent. Right. Like, he is always grim. He is always removed. He is always fully encapsulated by the horror of war, whether things are fun or awesome or terrible around him. I think that there's a strength in this movie for not doing that. Yeah, like, no, and I, I'm sorry, it's not something that I think is at, a, at fault for the movie. It's just it as a viewer, it makes me like it has a very I have a very different relationship eventually with the movie. Right. Yeah, I, I do like the consistency of, and we always bring it up, but Mark Wahlberg is confused for this entire movie. It's true. And like the the one point of moral clarity that he gets, he's still confused. You're like, we gotta help the people, and then just being like deeply confused and helpless when it comes to the time to actually do that. Like, yeah. So it it, it I think it's a very valuable war. It's a very valuable action movie more than anything. Even if whether you love it or whether you like me and you're a little indifferent to it or whether you're you don't even like it at all. It's a very valuable movie because it very represents very something very specific with like our culture of action and war. Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that we can at least uh, agree that if someone hasn't seen this or hasn't seen it recently, it, it, it's worth the time. Yeah, absolutely, Un unquestionably. So, on the flip side, then we have Triad Election. Gang warfare. Not at all a war movie because, like, I, you know, I'm not big. I, there aren't a lot of war movies that I really grip me, so it was tough for me to pick one out that fit a specific theme. So I, I had to go with gang warfare. That's the best I could do. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of war movies either, generally, and so I was thinking, you know, hopefully that you're going to bring some war with aliens at some point. <laughs> but uh, you took a different direction and went with gang war, which is fine. The the subtitles were my problem with this, not the not the venue of war. Yeah, and the subtitle, like, I think one of the valuable things in this movie, I mean, there's some great dialogue in it, honestly, but a lot of the movie really is a very, it plays out very visually. It's not yeah. that hard to follow without subtitles, like, w- without really paying attention to the subtitles, other than a few specific things. Yeah, I generally got the gist. Uh, there's a broken part of my brain where I just cannot be that present for a movie with subtitles. I, I I just can't. But I never felt like I was really lost for what was happening in the movie. So, yeah, I mean, then the question becomes trial election, spoils a war. You know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, as a war, as a depiction of gang warfare, as a pic- depiction of, you know, this, sort of crime mentality for me it's a it's kind of a rare gem for me coming out of the post martial post 80s hong kong cinema yeah i i think it did a good job of you know having like an actual real politic to it where mm-hmm. you understood like there are sides vying for power this is legitimately a fraud uh, situation anytime they're negotiating for who is running, who isn't running, uh, who has an ally, who has lost an asset. I mean, you do care about that, even though, like, I didn't care about, like, the main character's accountant or business guy or whatever. I didn't give a shit about the character, but I did care that that was an important piece to him and that that had been either removed from him or, yeah, I, I, Feel like the the sort of like thriller elements to this where they're present are really pretty strong. Yeah, it's it's what it because the whole thing is very moody. It's got a really cool, weird score punctuated by like the uh, the the lounge singing where they're like doing the uh, karaoke versions of of weird like oh yeah U.S. like you know it's not even like pop songs but it's like you know u.s folk songs and stuff yeah i don't remember the first song that i heard that jumped out at me for that but i was like oh they're doing a thing (laughs) and so you know it's got this great atmosphere to it but that atmosphere is this very like kind of not you know not laid back but not that tense atmosphere and right. then when things happen that are tense, it's just like, holy shit. You know, there's that, that scene in the back of the truck where, like, they open it. <laughs> and you just see the, like, guy under the pile of bodies. Oh, yeah. And I think before we get into that, like, I do think that that's the strength of the movie is when it does go hard. And it's very visually striking. But before we get to that... One of the things that I noticed a lot was in the slower moving scenes and like the dialogue scenes, they do a lot of interesting work with shadows. Like Mm -hmm. they are 
sharp and very deliberately lit in a way that it's not going to like jump out at you. Like there's nothing striking about it. Like you're not getting like, I feel like it's the opposite of like a JJ Abrams lens flare. They're, mm -hmm. they're using darkness very deliberately and it creates a literally uh, shadowy feel to those scenes. And it mm -hmm. really works for, you know, politicking around a gang war. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's a really fantastic, just, it's interesting because it's not the only, you know, there's a, a prequel to it that, like I said, it's just, it's not that necessary at all, frankly. Yeah, um, I didn't missing anything for not catching up on the rest of the series. This was a solid standalone film. And it really is just sort of like the director who's made, he's made like 50 movies and it's just sort of like his like real moment of magic where everything just clicks for this project. And this other stuff is fine. It's not bad, but it all really works here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel like there was any part of this movie that didn't in some way work. Even when there were, I probably had the wrong reactions to things because I'm me. But, <laughs> I mean, there. let's get into, like, when the movie, like, really goes. Like, when they get yeah. visual with it. Like, when they're uh, abducting the business partner guy, you told me that they're wearing animal masks. I'm like, okay, they're probably, you know, reasonable animal masks. No, those are legitimately scary. Yeah. They're frightening. They're like yeah, creepy was, as fuck. Yeah. But when that scene came up, I was a little bit mad at you for the way you described it. Because <laughs> I, was, I was expecting a mask, like a point break mask. And no. like that, but, you know, I don't know, tiger. But no, these are legitimately frightening. And then the, the, that scene just like breaks down into this weird pseudo comedy, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's so jarring watching the guy be like, oh no, I'm gonna bounce. And you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> nah, no, you're not. <laughs> That's not how this works. And somehow you didn't know that we as a gang are serious enough that we're not letting you leave. But you got here and we're in enough to put on this scary motherfucking mask. How? How is that character a thing? I don't know, but I I just rolled with it in the scene. Uh, it make, well, it makes for such a great setup. You know, then they like lock him in the coffin with the other guy. And... Yeah, and you didn't tell me when you said like they were locking the two dudes in the coffin together that one of them was wearing a clown mask, they definitely did some hand action, man. <laughs> they uh, did. Yeah, you know, probably. <laughs> I, I Look, I don't think all sex scenes need to be explicit or shown on screen, but I think the reasonable assumption was at least a bit of hand action. <laughs> at least a little, a little. Yeah. Just some hand stuff, it's fine. So uh, one of the things that made me really want to pick this is the spoils of war choice too. Is and what well, which made me a lot happier with it as a spoils of war choice is just how far the main character has to go to end up getting what he wants. Oh my god, it's great. I 
I, I was like prepared for the scene where he like starts hacking up the dude and feeding him to the dog. Like I felt like you built that up. When I watched it, I was like, oh, okay. Like I don't think the scene was any like greater or worse than you described it. But after like watching this character and like getting to know them and understand them, and then seeing them make that turn yeah. and just flip a switch into a straight-up goddamn psychopath. That was amazing. Yeah. Like that, oh, boy. Uh, that sure was a thing. And I did really like that, like, the hardcore murder man with him was like, bro, <laughs> are you... Damn, okay. <laughs> It's just every every time after it's just like I'm not getting paid enough for this. Oh yeah, I love how beleaguered he was for the rest of the movie. And I thought that like I, I expected he was gonna be like a steely, cold assassin murder person. But like just having him be like sort of aggrieved and beleaguered and put upon like the more and more this went while still being badass enough that like again they close him in the back of that truck. And then they open it again, and he killed everybody. Just yeah. kill him. And his reaction is like, oh, my God, I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, the moments when this movie decides to ramp it up are beautiful and impactful and sometimes very funny and sometimes just, oh, my God, that, that's happening. Yeah. Like it, that, that's, I think, the thing, is that every meaningful scene in that movie hits full on. Like, there's nothing, right. there's no meaningful part of that movie. There's no big scene or big reveal that doesn't land perfectly. You know, it's like when they tell him that his bodyguard is ratting to the cops, and you don't know, you don't even know if he actually was or not. But he immediately has, like, he's like, I'll kill him. You guys don't get to handle this. I'll handle it. And, like, right. he, you know, they go out for, like, that fake deal on the boat and tie him up and, like, drown him. And, like, that scene is amazing. Yeah. And, and that's another one of those scenes that I felt did a really good job playing with the shadows. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, negative lighting in that. And I think that was the scene that also had my favorite line of the movie which was uh, Wise Up in Your Next Life. <laughs> oh, buddy. You're like, that is a horrible death sentence. Oh, man. Like, I kind of want to become a judge just so I can do that to somebody. <laughs> uh, the, and the other thing that gets me in that, too, is like, you know, obviously the dogs thing, like, that is way further than he anybody else goes at any point in the movie. But, right. But to follow it up with, like, the scene where, like, what he did to that dude with the, you know, hacking the dude up and feeding him to the dogs, and then to see what the the bodyguards that he he did that to, like, used to turn to after that, what they do when they're driving the guy and he's chasing his kid and they right. get in the car with him and he's just like, that's so fucked up. Like the kids running out ahead of the car, they're just hitting him with a hammer. Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's no sound in that except the hammer, which is just, ugh. 
yeah, you feel every blow of that. Because it's weird, because you, like, you don't hear him screaming, you don't hear any other things going on except just the, the hammer. And it's such a weird, like, cool use of sound. Right. I mean, it... I think that's one of like the most interesting and deliberate choices made in this movie is deciding like no screams, no, like we're not cutting away to reaction shots. We're not showing anybody cringe reacting to this. We are just watching our main character inflict brutality. This guy who doesn't want to be a gangster, this guy wants to be a businessman who doesn't want to do any of this is willing to go the furthest. And we will show you every minute, every detail of how brutal this scene is. And And then, of course, and like, and because the brutality, like, because it really does a good job shocking you with that, the fact that the ending is like a little bit trite, a little bit cliched, it actually still like lands perfectly because you've already like seen how far this guy goes. And then for them to be like, eh, you know, like turns out you have to do this forever. Yeah. And the fucked up thing is he's very good at it. Yeah. Like this, I, I understand that he wants to be a businessman, but like, dude, do what you're good at. <laughs> Stick with the skills that you clearly are just top tier at. I know we all at some point want to change careers, but look, LeBron isn't deciding, like, I want to go be an investment banker. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If you're good at what you do, do it. <clears throat> yeah. So the moral of the story, I would say, is if at any point in your life, any listeners, you discover that you're really good at killing stuff with hammers. You know, you gotta roll with it. You got to roll with it. Yeah, find a way to monetize it. Exactly. Like Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher did a good job. Or just like, I don't know, get into like a really in-depth um, infosec uh, thing, and you know, to destroy cell phones and stuff. Yeah. There are ways. There are, there's always a way. And if it has to be a terrible life of crime, well, so be it. Yeah. Look, this isn't the first time this podcast has explicitly endorsed crime. <laughs> Nor will it be the last. Definitely not. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that, that was a movie. I had forgotten a lot about that movie before I watched it for this specifically. And then afterward, I was really like... Man, that's a really good choice. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I do want to bring up my favorite uh, part of this movie, which it probably should be the hammer. Um, but, no, it's definitely when they just keep kicking that dude down the long-ass staircase. <laughs> it's great. That is a long-ass staircase to fall down. And then they just keep doing it. Yep. Yeah, this is a great movie if you like uh, old people getting pushed down stairs. And hit with hammers. Although he wasn't that old, I suppose. Yeah, that guy was that old. Well, a little. He was, like, not old old. He's middle-aged. Yeah. The hammer guy. Yeah. 
Or and locked in, old people locked in coffins as well. Yeah, I mean, really, if you don't like old people, this movie has a lot for you, um, both stare and coffin-wise. And it has generally some good masks and hammers. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, even if, even with the subtitles, even if you had to read a little and get distracted. Yeah, it's tough. I know. Keep doing but on that note, we should we should wrap it up. I think any final thoughts? Um, no, no, I think that covers it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, crime movies are fun. And American foreign policy is full of war crimes. Yeah. So really, it's just crime all around. You know, fun crimes. Whether in war or whether you're, the crimes are creating the war or however you want to play it. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, you can find me on Twitter at the Zane Simon. You can find Troy on Twitter at PDLMMA. You can find... Uh, Find us on SoundCloud and on YouTube. Subscribe, like our stuff, all that stuff. That all helps us a lot. And we will be back much sooner, I promise, to do our next episode, which I believe is going to be Ghosts from the Past. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a theme that I picked at some point. I drink heavily. I don't know. All right. Well, if it's not, we'll inform you next time of the changes. So... Prepare to be yeah. surprised or not be surprised or get what, exactly what you asked for or nothing. Anyway, on that note, we'll see you later. Prosecute war criminals. We tortured people in Iraq.